Welcome to the Ben Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we believe that everyone should know their next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. I'm Dad. And I'm Bob. I'm Dave. And Dave, you've been given some thought. I have been giving some thought. <laughs> when we were uh, deliberating this episode, I just had this flashback memory to my childhood, a uh-huh. uh, very distinct memory. So I'm, I, I was thinking when reading this, back to a Christmas, oh gosh, it was years ago, it must have been 20 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, um, we were all getting ready to go on a trip. Um, we were, I think we were living in the su- suburb of Chicago at the time. Uh, me and all five of my siblings, uh, had all our extended family over. We're getting ready. We're, I, I know we were going to Europe. I think we were, I think we were planning to go to France that next day. Yeah. Um, just so excited. It was Christmas time. We're pumped to be going and celebrating as a family overseas in a beautiful country to celebrate the holidays. And I so distinctly remember, I know we had to get up early to go to the airport and jump in that shuttle. And when I woke up that day, literally everybody was gone. And I was like, at first, just terrified, like, <laughs> Mom? Mom? They My- think that, I think that you're confusing your real-life memories with the um, story of Home Alone. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have five siblings. Was one of them named Buzz? <laughs> he, it, he was. <laughs> and he had a pet tarantula. Okay. My, I, think, I think the point here actually is, the point is, um, sometimes, especially when we contemplate the Christmas season, we get so wrapped up in sometimes the wrong things that we actually miss what the primary point of the thing was. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the virgin birth. And I think what is so odd is that when we look toward Christmas, or if you're listening or watching this during Christmas time, um, it is almost unavoidable to not get swept away with uh, Grinch theology that giving is better than or receive, giving is better than receiving. <laughs> receiving is always better. <laughs> I, oh, so getting good gifts, but yeah, yeah, you get caught in the flurry, and the whole point of your family vacation, and you end up losing bringing your family. Yeah, mm-hmm. or you get caught in the flurry of Christmas, and you forget what is the one thing that is right. actually important about. Right, this I'm going to land this plane. Do it All if right. you can. I want to. Yeah, I want to start by just a simple question: What do you two mean when you say virgin birth? Yep. And it's a two-parter and incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the virgin birth is um, a miracle that happens that we can read about in the Gospels, the first chapters of the Gospels of Matthew and Luke that tell compatible historically um, and literarily compatible narratives about these supernatural and natural events around Mar- Mary's conception and her giving birth to Jesus. So Jesus' mother Mary was a young virgin. See that in Luke chapter 1. She was engaged to a man named Joseph in Luke chapter 1. And uh, before their marriage, she becomes pregnant without ever having intimate relations with her husband. And she remains a virgin until she delivers Jesus. So put a brief bow on that. We say virgin birth. We keep that in tow and and Mm -hmm. define it as basically the miracle of God having sent his Holy Spirit to um, incarnate Christ in the womb of his servant Mary. Yeah, or you could you could call it virgin conception as well, since that was also a, miracle, a popular term. But yeah, virgin birth is probably the more popular. I think term. that's more simple. And you just use the word incarnate. Mm-hmm. What does incarnation mean? So by incarnation, and every time I say that word, it's I think the of red n- flowers. Correct. That that's right. Could, <laughs> we could buy for mom every grade Christmas. School. Yeah, I was actually thinking Nacho Libre. 
Incarnation. <laughs> yeah. well, that's where I went with He's it. But break into song. Incarnation uh, means that something took on bodily form. So it's really important here to make make a very um, uh, clear point that, it, especially in Christian theology and history, when we look back, we recognize that incarnation means God in bodily form. Mm-hmm. Um, so Christ as the second person of the Trinity, it is incredibly, incredibly important that we never relent that Christ physically was manifested. He was incarnated as a human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how the, that that's how the narrative fully God, fully man. Life ins- which yep. we also did another episode yep. on the two natures of Jesus yep. that explains yep. that or talks about. And that, that doesn't work unless he was actually incarnated. Mm-hmm. So great. So that's where we'll start it. Yep. So, um, and I I may bounce between. Thanks for bringing up the issue of the virgin birth and virgin conception because between the three of us we do use different terms and I tend to lean towards virgin conception. Um, why was this virgin conception even? necessary. Yeah, it was necessary because (laughs) we... You're relentless. I'm the worst. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're talking about family and Christmas. Uh, Bob, you're missing the point of Christmas. When you buy (laughs) these things at a garage sale. Yeah, yeah, these are wooden teeth. They fit on Buck real well, but not so much you. (laughs) So we... The reason why the virgin conception is necessary is because all of us inherit a sinful nature. Mm -hmm. Ever since Adam and Eve's first sin... Every human being has inherited a sin nature from their father. Yeah. Which, <laughs> thank you, Dad, Thanks, Dad, by the way, for that. Appreciate you uh, not really giving us a leg up in life. <laughs> yeah. You can hold that against you. But it's okay. The therapy's pretty cheap nowadays. And most of the time I can do it on a Zoom call. Um, oh, my gosh. But all that being said, so so I guess maybe flesh that out, no pun intended. That means what? Every, so every infant, every yeah. baby ever born is just... Born into adopting this nature? Right. Okay. And, I mean, that's fine because we have to recognize that there was a sin against the perfect God. We've talked about that in in another episode. But with with looking at Adam and and (laughs) Eve and the consequence of their sin, um, we now recognize that we are born into a broken world. We know that, but also that we're born with a sin nature. So it's good for us to start the narrative there. But – by means of saying, okay, so then what was different about Christ's incarnation, about right. his virgin birth, is to say um, our sin intrinsically separates us from God. And we'll get more into this, but why is it so necessary to know that Christ was fully God and fully man? Yeah. Was that um, with Christ, um, he didn't inherit yeah. the sin mm-hmm. nature. So mm-hmm. why didn't? Why didn't Jesus inherit the sin nature? Yeah, so you think through the dynamics of what's happening here with Jesus. <clears throat> excuse me. And so you, in Matthew 1, Luke 1, like he didn't have an inherited sin nature like the rest of us because he has no human father, Yeah. right? So instead, Jesus was, con- was conceived with a perfect human nature, right? Having the Holy Spirit parent him Mm -hmm. in the womb of the human Mary, making Jesus one person who's fully God and perfectly human. One person with two natures, like we talked about. Yep. Yeah. And I will tell you. Actually, let me say one more thing. Here's here's just an idea, almost a picture to me that helps me think about Jesus in this. It's almost like the idea of a chain where it's like, you said this to me before, Dave, where it's like Jesus broke the natural chain of our inheritance of a sin nature, Mm. right? 
everyone had a sin nature. I don't think I said it that eloquently, and, but and I appreciate he it. broke that chain right. of inheriting a sin nature. Right. So now he's the one who can do what was needed for us. Yeah, that's great. I, I think one of the, the things that comes up so often is, especially when you talk about the truthfulness of the gospel, mm-hmm. is just listen to what we just said. That sounds almost crazy to someone who is not part of the sure, Christian family, sure. right? Mm-hmm. So the issue, and again, being steeped in apologetics, one of the issues is, is there even any proof that something like this virgin birth, virgin conception could have even occurred? And if you don't mind, I just want to take two and I'll let you guys talk about whatever you want. The whatever f- we want? No, no. Man, within- those <laughs> Chicago Bulls, brother. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, yeah, you take the first two. And I will. We'll have a couple more. I will. So the, at the very beginning of this story, um, we have the reaction of the betrothed Joseph. Mm-hmm. Joseph. Betrothed meaning Joseph was engaged to Mary. Yes. Okay. okay. So what happens is Joseph is clearly upset. How do we know that? Because he planned to break the engagement with Mary because it was clear that he was not the father of the child that she was carrying. In fact, it actually took an angel getting involved to convince him, no, you take Mary as unto you as your wife, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Well, the thing of it is, is somebody could say, well, how is, how is it that that just wasn't put in there, right? By, by sure. subsequent... Seems to fit the narrative. In scripture, in Yeah, just gospel. to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Think about this, though. If you have done any work in historical and especially ancient work. There's a which principle, you've done a lot. Dave. Which you have. Exclusively what my PhD is in. Yeah. <laughs> so you look at you look at something called the principle of embarrassment. And that just hmm. simply means that any time the author writes about him or herself or someone that is key in the narrative in an embarrassing light, as Joseph would be, it's in all likelihood very true. So we have Joseph before Jesus is even born clearly indicating that something was unusual about Mary. But here's what's also indicative. 30 years later, we read about in John 8, Jesus is confronted by his enemies, and they still knew the scandal about Joseph not being Christ's uh, father, and they even insinuated to Jesus that he had been born illegitimately or born of sexual immorality. In John eight forty one, hmm. so I think those are two very posi- uh, uh, very powerful proofs that indicate that this incarnation story is true. So you're making okay. So you're making two historical arguments here. One, you're saying, G- like Joseph clearly knew that Mary had gotten impregnated, and it's in in these scriptural records in these yeah. historic documents. It says basically an angel came and he ended up did marrying her, but he was reluctant yeah. at first. And why would that be included according to this principle of embarrassment, which there's definitely been moments I've been embarrassed and was taken to the principal's <laughs> office. That's what that made me think of, the principle yeah. of embarrassment. Isn't that where you went to high school? <laughs> Weren't you the principal of embarrassment? The principle of embarrassment. <laughs> um, but so that that's one element that yeah. points to like, yeah, this has some truth to it, yeah. that why would you include this if this wasn't true, how this went down? And then secondly, that was still known that Jesus wasn't, that Joseph wasn't the father years later when other people accused him. Now, of course, they didn't know and they didn't believe that it was actually God that fathered Jesus, but they were aware that it wasn't Joseph. Exactly. Mm. And of course, small town, right? Small town mentality. And so, yeah, I I just think that those are really powerful proofs 
yeah. that do that. Yeah. You guys got anything? Truth travels fast, even without Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. In the ancient <laughs> Truth days, is in the pudding, um, and yeah. lasts forever. And lasts forever. Okay, yeah, so yeah. speaking of ancient, yeah, ancient news traveling, uh-huh. this was one that's been impactful for me about thinking: Is there any kind of quote unquote proof or proofs for Jesus's virgin virgin birth? Mm. Um, the the fact of fulfilled prophecy is nuts. It's amazing in the Bible. You look at the Old Testament, you look at the New Testament, hundreds of years between, and yet you can read all kinds of books on this, um, even just really easy to read ones that talk about the number of prophecies that were fulfilled just in Jesus's birth and him being yep. birth at the time with the person in yep. that age, yep. uh, like in all of these factors. Um, but one of them is back in um, Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, yep. Isaiah chapter seven, yep. when it says, um, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Mm -hmm. And so over, I think over 500 years between when Isaiah writes that and then this happening in the New Testament times, right, in Jesus's birth, points to the fact like, okay, this is fulfilled prophecy. This wasn't just a made up thing. Like there were hundreds of years before saying this is going to happen, a virgin birth. And then another one, so I guess that would be the third proof. The fourth would be this idea that there were witnesses, Mm. eyewitnesses, access to witnesses. So people, um, Matthew and Luke, who are writing these gospels, they would have access to people who are around when she was pregnant, right? Mary, the mother, right? The um, Jesus's, even his half brothers, he's growing up and all this sort of stuff. Jude. Well, they wouldn't have been around when she was pregnant, but certainly after after he was resurrected. By the time the Gospels were written. Yeah, Mary Mary was at the cross. She Uh certainly would have been around. Uh I'm sorry, Bob, I didn't mean to interrupt No, that was all the point. It was like there was other witnesses around at this time as well who were seeing the whole life, the verification, the miracles, the promises of Jesus, Mary's eyewitness testimony, Joseph's testimony, like all of those elements. So witnesses to me is a Can I add two more though? Yeah. Yeah. The other two I think are powerful are his half-brother, his two younger half-brothers, who subsequently wrote New Testament, or I'm sorry, Jude did, but you, yeah, and James, you have James and Jude, his half-brothers would also, by this time, have been made aware of this story as well. And of course, Mary was still living at the time as well. Mm -hmm. So Paul, presumably, but certainly Matthew would have had access to Mary as well. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to. Well, no, I think, I think those, all four of those kind of served to almost ramp up to this point of like, okay, but if we know anything about the Jewish nation and people up to this point in, in, in time and history, especially around this narrative, why make all this up? It would serve to do nothing but embarrass the Messiah of, of the Jewish nation and people. And this I think, is almost like a fifth proof. This is what I would say fifth, is the, the kind of summing final proof is just to say, um, especially when you're looking at the gospel accounts in Matthew and in Luke – why would you construct something so blasphemous as mm. Christ, the Messiah, being incarnated, virgin birth, um, in this type of context? Yeah. It just, because if it was made up, if it was a farce, it would have been written differently. Like yeah. you look at like there's there's no there's no there's no not even like literary or historical underpinnings to say oh yeah this, this stuff like this happens in the Old yeah. Testament because it does conceiving doesn't. a child yeah, yeah. especially now yeah. Greek or mythology reli- maybe absolutely. but not Christian no Jewish not, yeah. not religious yeah, Jewish. right right not religious Jews it, it, right it, 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 it's it was blasphemous beyond it's just there's no rational reason or plausible explanation for it mm-hmm. so I want to come to the last question 
Same question we ask every podcast, and that is, so what? How does knowing that Jesus was conceived in this miraculous mm. way practically affect my life? Mm. Uh, I may hit just a couple of these. One is that it makes us, you, me, our friends, able to be rescued from our sins. Yeah, right? Like, if God hadn't conceived his son in Mary, we would have no one to save us we would be stuck in our evil forever. So the virgin birth is in some ways the start of the gospel that I get to share with other people. Mm. So as I'm thinking about the gospel, sharing the gospel, I'm passionate about the gospel. It's like the virgin birth is really the first element of, hey guys, Jesus is different. What do you do with Jesus? Here's what I do with Jesus. Here's how I understand him and have seen him. And then the second one, so one, it changes kind of, I think my motivation and passion to share that gospel. It's kind of the beginning of it. But a second kind of next step is like, no matter how long or unlikely it might seem, this is a reminder for me that God keeps his promises. That's right. That's oh, right. Yeah. So if he can keep these fulfilled promises from hundreds of years, like no matter what, when I even look into his word and yep. I know and I see what kind of God this is and what he does, I can trust him more in my life when hardship and suffering comes. I serve a God who fulfills his promises. So even this week, I can take hope. God you know what? There's a lot I can't know in life, but I do know you always keep your promises. That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. That's, That's right. so great. Well, thank you guys. And thank you for listening to the Bin Min podcast, where we believe everyone should know their next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. Bin Min is a resource ministry to help you discover those next steps. Yeah. So uh, please like and subscribe uh, here on this channel. Make sure to subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to check us out on socials as well. Yeah, thanks for joining us at this episode, and we'll look forward to next time. God bless.